blind somebody, you know. <laughs> How y'all doing this morning? morning? It's been quite a while since I've had the <clears throat> opportunity to get up and speak uh, due to several things going on in my life. And so when Chris approached me, I'm not sure I felt like I was ready or that I really wanted to teach yet. So I'm not Chris, but don't worry. I'm just the hype guy this week. We're starting a new series. It's four parts. I'm the setup guy, okay? So I'm going to come in, raise some questions, start some confusion, and say, peace out. And hopefully it, the peace part will reign. Um, you know, you, I, a lot of this will be very personal, so it's going to be a little raw for me. But it needs to be shared because I know that when we go through things that either torment us or break us or whatever, that there's somebody else that can benefit on the other side of that. Um, have you ever been curious or ever thought that does Christianity really work? Because we're going, to, I don't look like I'm that deep, but we might get there because the pain's that deep. For real, think about that. Do you ever feel like your walk doesn't work. Come on now, really? I know better. You know, do you, you ever feel burned out with the busyness of church and your walk? Discouraged when your prayers don't seem like they're working? You do what's right, and in spite of everything you're doing, you're hitting your knees, you've got your little devotional, you're doing everything, and yet you feel empty and discouraged, like something's not right or something's missing. Um, I'll give you a little background. June 16th, 1988, driving down 295, somewhere between 530 and 630 in the evening, I pulled to the side of the road and tearfully threw my hands up and surrendered to Jesus. See, I didn't, I wasn't in church, but I gave it up. Um, I had been sexually abused as a child by someone close to me, um, and that led me to do a lot of dumb stuff. So then I found Jesus, and I felt that cleansing and that warmth, and he washed me. And, and I'm telling you, as a, even as a guy, you can fall in love with another man, that man. That's the one man it's okay to. I feel it very strongly, and he pursued me. So let's move fast forward. I was playing music. As you can obviously see, I'm a musician. It's one of my favorite things is playing guitar. And I was playing in a Christian band. We were writing our music. We were moving up. We were opening up for National Christian X. And we had people getting interested in us. We were getting backers and everything. And I hurt my arms. And at that point, I had to walk away from playing. So the only thing I knew and the thing that I thought gave me purpose besides my walk with Jesus, I thought that's how I gave to Jesus left. God, does Christianity work? All right. In the meanwhile, I was being faithful, praying, still going to church. You know, two services on Sunday, Monday night Bible study, Wednesday night youth group, Friday night youth function. <laughs> you get it? I stayed input, plugged in, like we should all try to do as much as we can. 
not necessarily overdo it, but uh, so then I felt the call. God, I felt he tapped me to preach or minister in some fashion. I started studying. I was in an internship program. Met my first wife. Yes, I've, I have a divorce. And I thought, I really prayed about her, and I thought everything was perfect. You know, like this is that woman, and we're going to serve. We're going to be like inner city missionaries and just kick the devil around and, and, you know, just touch souls. And then she started having affairs. So here I sit. I can't play music anymore. I just lost the person I love who I thought I was going to build a ministry with. And I, I remember just being completely apart, a mess, kicking and screaming, crying out, God, why? Where are you in all this? You know? Why didn't you answer my prayers? Do you even care? Again, I'm going to say, does Christianity work? I'll lighten it up a little bit after that part, but I just want you to get a little background from me where my head is as I approached this entrance to the new series. Maybe you're a couple, you know, you do everything right, you love God, you serve, and one of you loses your job, or you lose a child, and you think, man, where is God in all this? Maybe a little less dramatic. You go to church, you have your 365-day devotional scriptures so you can get through every day. You listen to Shine FM. You got your little playlist on Spotify with all your Christian music. You got your HSC sticker on the back. You watch The Chosen. You got a good job, solid place, car, good friends. I go on vacation every year. Everything should be great. But you're just not happy. You're unfulfilled. And you look at me and you also say, not for the same reasons, maybe. And you go, are you sure Christianity works? Remember, I'm the one raising questions today. You're going to have to hang in there. I see the look. You know, is there a better way? Let's look at John 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have not told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Now, Thomas speaks up and he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Look, come on. We all, like I said, we all have questions. He was just brave enough to open his mouth. He said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And then Jesus said this. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes unto the Father except through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes unto the Father except through me. So the title of our series, it's a four-part series, is called A Better Way. And I get the first part which is dealing with becoming a person you don't even like, even though you're serving God. So if you will, bow your heads for just a moment. Lord, I know this is a heavy subject, one that's very close to me. Uh, 
but I ask that you would allow me to be open with everyone and that you would speak your words through me today. I ask that you would touch anyone listening, anyone watching, Lord, that you would fill this place with your spirit and your love and your name. Amen. All right. Are we all on board? So the way. The way we do things kind of important, isn't it? We'll, we'll take something pretty simple. Gentlemen and ladies that are married, or if your wife asks you how she looks when she's wearing something, and you, you answer, like, you're wearing that? You can tell by his response, like, he's thinking, yeah. On the other hand, oh, your wife may look at you guys and go, you're wearing that? And you can tell, same basic kind of phrase that, she doesn't approve. <laughs> Come on. I, I, I get it all the time. Um, <laughs> thank you, brother. I didn't, feel, I didn't like to feel like I stay alone. So that's one thing. Uh, Rob, I love to cook. Anybody like to cook? What happens when you don't follow the recipe? Do you get the, the results you're looking for? When you're not paying attention, if you put in way more sugar and instead of a little bit of salt, like what's funny? What's off about this? Or if you don't, well, I don't have much time. I know this says cook at 350 for an hour and a half. I don't have that long, so I'm going to put it at 450 for 25 minutes and see if it turns out okay. (laughs) That food's probably going to be pretty nasty, right? Um, I work on cars a little bit. Not because I necessarily wanted to, but, you know, when you, you go through periods where you, money's tight, you figure out how to fix things on yourself. And uh, on some of the older cars, they would have a coil pack. So if it's a six-cylinder or an eight-cylinder, and you're thinking you're just going to change your plugs <coughs> in, in the coil pack because it's time for maintenance, it's misfiring, it's not doing what it's supposed to do, it's not running like it should. If you go in there and yank all the wires out and you don't know the firing order and you put the put the new coil in and the new wires in because of the way they fire every other s- cylinder this one starts here and over there to keep the motor balanced with the turn of the cam and everything so it's not when you're sitting in the car the car's not gonna run right <laughs> so you got to know the way and the order to do that <clears throat> so we usually as christians we think it's we agree with this statement, I am the way, the truth, and the life, but we tend to hang on the truth of Jesus, you know? And we don't necessarily talk so much about the way of Jesus, but today we're going to look at the way. Bible trivia. Um, what do you think the first Christians were called? Not Christians, religious, Bible thumpers, Jesus freaks. Anybody remember Carmen? I'm showing my age. He used to have a song called Overcoming Child of God. And the one last, I'm a Bible thumping pew, jumping, Jesus loving, devil shoving, shouting, screaming, soul redeeming, overcoming child of God. That's what, not what they were called. They were called people of the way. So their goal wasn't just right theology. It wasn't just strong morality. Their goal was to what? Live in love the way Jesus lived in love. Now think about the way he lived. Let's compare that to the way most of us live. 
Jesus didn't worry. We're in a time where there's never been more people suffering from anxiety and burnout and stress. Young people, people in middle school and high school are on anxiety medication. My daughter's one of them. You know, I'm borderline at times, especially over the past couple of years. But Jesus, he would stop for people and spend time. And we're all like, nobody's got time for that. We're in too big a hurry. Even your Christian friends sometimes, or some like, oh, brother, I just need to talk to your son. Oh, I'm so busy. Or, or you see who it is, and you're like, silence. And ignore the phone call, because you're like, you know, if I answer this phone call, I'm about to lose 45 minutes of my life, which is, I don't have the time already. I'm running around like a stress monkey. Jesus was consumed with ongoing fellowship with his father. I'm lucky to make it three minutes when I pray without getting distracted, even when I know I need to focus. Yeah, something on the phone, start thinking about food. Sorry, I'm a foodie. I love food. If you figure that out by other things. But what if Jesus were like us? I know it's kind of impossible almost to, to, to think about that. But to think, here he is. He's like, man, I got these open-toed sandals. If I only had some Crocs. Scrolling through his Instagram, he's like, man, J- JTB's got more fire than me. Ah. Son of Baptist. Why are they all fumbling? He's got the Crocs. Man, this is such a long week. Boy, do I need a beer. But fortunately, our Savior's not like that. But think about that. If, if he was just like we get, you know? So when Jesus went places, he walked. I know that may sound like a funny statement because he had to walk. It was like maybe take a camel or a horse, I don't know. But emphasis on that he wasn't hurried or rushed. He took his time. Us, constantly pushing. Always overwhelmed. There's always deadlines. Something else that needs to be done. I need to get this through so I can get to that, to get to that, to get to that. Does anybody experience any of this or is it just me? Thank you. So I found over the past couple years that I'm rushing around to become someone I don't even like. Someone I don't want to be. Someone probably other people don't like because when you start getting that hurried and that rushed, you become shorter. You're less caring, you're less sensitive, you don't hear as well. People be talking to you, and all you hear is wah, 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 wah. You're no help to them then. And you might be hearing wah, 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 when you should have been hearing, Bailey, you need to pray for this person right now. Talk about me. Been there? So I was going through some old photos because I've been cleaning out my mom's house. You know, if you've been around a few months, you know I was taking care of her. She had dementia. And uh, if you want to pull up the first one. Yeah. Pat, I told you I knew about drums. <laughs> um, but look at this guy. What do you see? A smile. Excitement. Next one. The clown. That's a younger me. I saw a camera and I had to act. You know, what can I say? Yeah. I have hair. Except now it's on my nose and ears. All right, next. Now, to prove God forgives us and loves us and really wants us 
to have happiness when we follow him. I do have some good moments. There's my beautiful wife, Joy, um, who I doubt I would have made it through the past few years without between us. Jesus first and her. Um, she's a very tolerant woman. Next one, this guy. The old man. See how happy I was then? That was my wedding day. So I want you to see that I, I actually do smile at times. I used to have fun. I used to be laid back, pretty chill. Not like the stress monkey and bound up type person that I've become. Well, taking care of mom towards the end of uh, her time, first part of January or February 22, my wife and my daughter sat me down and had a little talk with me. Now, David, you're coming apart, son. You need help. And I was because it was everything was on me. My one brother lives in Florida, and my other brother has his own things that he needs to tend to. And so I was just, you know, get up in the morning, go to mom's, feed her breakfast, go to work, leave work on my lunch break, drive, give her lunch. Leave work after, after going back to work, come back and be there one, two, three, four, five, six, whatever it took till I put her to bed at night to take care of her. Come home, day two. It's like Groundhog's Day, that movie, you know? Like, um, and the therapist told me, son, if you don't get some help, because things are starting to show up in your body already, you may cause permanent damage to yourself, whether it's your heart, high blood pressure. Um, I was starting to become really forgetful. I was getting exhausted. I couldn't keep things straight. And so she says, you need, you need a break and you need to get some help. So I finally did uh, plan a, a getaway. I got some people to take care of her so I could get my first break that I've had in almost two years at that time. And um, I went to my favorite place, my friend's house on the shore. This is my happy place, y'all. You walk out on that dock and sit and just watch the sun, and you know how amazing God is right there. I didn't need any scripture. I didn't need to, to try and study anything deep. He revealed himself, and this is where he tends to talk to me. That's where I tend to feel peaceful. So here I am excited. I'm going to be on the water, have a couple days to take a break, and then the phone calls just start coming and coming. And what would ensue is that I had to leave early, and then on the following days, uh, we'll just say someone close to me came and visited my mom while I was at the grocery store, and the person that visited didn't realize he had COVID, and as a result, mom started with pneumonia the following weekend. And then the following weekend after that, we had to put her in the hospital, and they found out she had COVID. Um, this person made several threats to me, my well-being, my family, crazy accusations. And I had to have a, a protective order taken out. 
Um, if you know somebody that's really close to you, love me, that's hard to have to, to deal with that, with that kind of stuff. So, and it would turn out to be, as the doctor told me, that what happened to mom took her from, if you follow the arc of someone's progression with dementia, she was about midway before this all started. By the time she left the hospital three days later, which this would be the anniversary weekend, she had about that much at the bottom of the line. Hospice came in the following week, and I was left with the choice, that not much of a choice. I had to move in with my mom, for sure, be there 24 and 7, away from my wife, my kids. They'd come over at night and eat dinner with me. But uh, I hung in there, you know. I kept praying. I had some good times at first as far as prayer time and different things, and, and I'm studying. But since I was already, you know, hanging on a wobbly leg, I started really coming apart. And by the end, I couldn't really hear God speaking to me. I was angry, like, how, you know, this, I'm serving God. I was taking care of a, a shut-in, a sick person, the elderly, family. That was the way I was serving God, you know. But, some, you know, sometimes when we, we get so busy, we think we got to find one more thing to serve or one more thing to do. Or maybe if I just sang more at worship or I did these psalms, and that's going to fix everything. And I hate to tell you, I can't be honest and say it did, but I will say, through all that, even when I was literally ready to pop, somehow something would happen. God would always, I'd get a text or an unexpected visit from somebody. And he sent me help from people I didn't really think were being helpful at first, but he was faithful. So I got the feeling like, the way I was doing the work of God was just showing the work of God in me, though. Now, every now and then, I would have a drink. But towards the end, I started drinking every day because I just, I had to be numb. I couldn't stand it. I was coming apart. I wasn't hearing from him. I couldn't feel the spirit. I didn't have help. I couldn't sleep. I had tremors. I, I was a hot mess, <laughs> to say the least. Um, I'm not advocating that, but I'm just being honest with who I am and that even as a Christian, it wasn't working. Sure, I'm here, Ada. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I'm trying to emphasize that he knows we come apart sometimes, but he's still faithful. But, I, you know, if we try doing things our way, sometimes we get too far out there instead of taking time to let him do it his way. Because I'm sure other people could have helped me or some things or that, but I was... If you start to suffer from exhaustion, people, you, you get paranoid. You think you're all alone. It's, it's a bad place to be, you know. And a lot of other people in, in the different things in their lives, it's, you know, we're, we're wired. We're in a society that says you got to do this. you got to win. you got to be on top. you got to have this. you got to do that. And if you're not doing all these things, then you're not doing it right. 
I, was, I obviously wasn't doing right. But Proverbs 14, 12 even says, there's a way that appears to be right. But in the end, what? It leads to death. And I was killing myself. <coughs> Don't worry, I'm not there now. God is very faithful. Amen? Let's look at Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Come to me, all who are what? Weary, burdened, and I will what? I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find your rest for your souls. For my yoke is what? Easy. Does that say that? Easy? A yoke? Burden, light. So let's get this straight, God. You want to come to tell me you're going to help me by throwing a heavy tool on my shoulders. Think about that. Doesn't that seem counterproductive to you? Seem kind of strange? Even Chris spoke about this recently. So you know what a yoke is, you know, how it puts two ox or animals together so that they can plow, but they have to work together in order to get things done. So what we know what he's really saying is, If you let me lead, you have to walk with me. It, the, the burden's a lot lighter. The work's a lot easier. But I chose to shoulder it myself. You know, that's on me. But as I look back, and I think, I started to see that, you know, he, he, he is inviting us to a better way, to be joined to him, not to... Just believe his truth, but to live his way. Live like he lived. And I'm, like I said, I'm not talking about just reading your Bible and, and doing this and doing that, but his lifestyle, what he did. And you're like, but you don't understand, Dave. You know, I'm a single mom. I got two jobs trying to take care of my kids. Or you got student loans, oh, work, the boss, all these things, mortgages. And it's like, and we think this is really heavy. Now, Jesus didn't have a whole lot to worry about. Just be perfect. Die for the sins of the world. Go to the cross. Be raised up from the dead. Nothing left for him to do much, right? But we talk about this weight we carry. But how did he do that? He got away. He disconnected. To spend extended time with his father. He would sit with his friends and his loved ones and have long meals. Deep, honest conversations. When you're hurting, when you're struggling, if you don't tell people, if you don't be open with others, how will they know? I was still coming to church every Sunday. You saw me put on my poker face. I'd talk. I mean, yeah, I'd say a couple little things here and there, but I wasn't being open with you then like I have been this morning, was I? Because some of you probably would have went, whoa. So today, I'm, I'm not giving you a quick fix. I don't have one, two, three, boom, this is it. And you're going to have to sit with a little frustration as we work through things, hopefully long enough to dig deep yourself and to be honest. 
about what we're thinking sometimes. Because you know what? God understands we're going to say, you know, are, is this really working? You know, when I got, I remember when I first got saved, the church I was in always made it seem like you always had to be perfect, smiling, cheery, everything had to be perfect. Hey, I'm doing great, brother, all this kind of stuff. Nobody ever seemed to be that honest, <laughs> uh, strangely enough. So, uh, you know, when we look at ourselves today, most of us are, as I've said earlier, rushed, stressed, overwhelmed, anxious. Jesus, Jesus, he had unhurried rhythms of grace. Unhurried. Not scatterbrained, flying by the seat of his pants. Methodical. We become overcome by temptation sometimes. And when we do we start to feel far from God because maybe we're embarrassed to admit it or we feel ashamed, which causes us to become drier and duller and colder. Jesus had unbroken fellowship with his Father. Always. Us, we get very unfocused, preoccupied, distracted by all the Stupid stuff of life, you know? Like, what does this person think? Would you get what they posted? What do we have? What are we getting? And none of this stuff lasts, does it? Jesus had uncluttered pursuit of his father's mission for him. He, he knew his orders, and he stuck to them, we'll say. Us, find it, we find ourselves regretting the past, worried about the future. present physically a lot of times, but our mind is anywhere but here, even in church a lot of times. You ever sit back there and like, oh, cool, it's about 10 more minutes, and oh, yeah, man, I might get out on the boat today. But Jesus, undivided attention to every moment. He made the most of every moment. Are you tired of the grind. Are you tired of all the stress? Tired of being miserable? Don't want to be fearful? Don't like being angry? Anxious? Just feel like you have too many problems to solve? Too much weight to carry on your shoulders? There's too much pain to bear? Again, there's a better way. Not just the truth of Jesus, the way of Jesus. Luke 10.38 gives us a small example of someone distracted, overwhelmed. You know, Jesus is in the home with Mary and Martha, and Martha's rushing around. You know, he says he was, Jesus and disciples were on their way. He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he had said. Martha was, what, distracted by what? Preparations, the things of life, everything going on, the detail. I got to take care of this. I got to take care of that. That had to be made. And she came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all this work by myself? I know that one from last year. I'll tell you that. Tell her to help me. And all she does is looks to her with love and compassion and says, Martha, Martha, you were worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed, 
only one. And Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken from her. We hear in Isaiah that 40, 31. Anyone know that one? Those who what? Wait upon the Lord. He will renew their strength. They will rise up with wings as eagles. Think about that. There's that waiting thing. Slowing down. Taking your time. Unplugging. We see that 23rd Psalm. He says, Lord's my shepherd. He does what? He maketh me to lie down by quiet waters, still waters. Peaceful, quiet. And what's he do there? He renews my soul so that I may what? Glorify him. I want you to understand, we want you to pitch in where you can and serve as you can. It's important. It's part of your growth and your walk with the Lord. But the most important thing is that you get your quiet time with him and get alone with him. It's not even about speaking a bunch of words to him. It's just trying to be still sometimes, you know? So if you're like me and when you thought you're doing the work of God and, and, and everything and find it's destroying everything you, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Why? If you come unto me, I will give you rest. All you who are weary, heavy laden, burdened. Take his yoke. Join to him. You don't have to earn it. It's a gift. It's what an awesome gift. You may think I'm a scrub from some of the things I share with you, but I tell you what. My God loves me so much that he was faithful. He gives me a wonderful place to worship, beautiful friends that pray for me and care for me, an amazing wife, his spirit. And if there's nothing else I can leave you with today, it's come to Jesus. Now, if you've been listening and watching, it's the first time you've heard about any of this kind of stuff. Um, and you're looking for some rest or some peace. Or maybe you just feel unhappy or uncomfortable. Whatever it is, if you've never accepted Jesus, I invite you to pray with us. If you want us to pray afterwards with you, we will. If you're struggling with any of the things I talked about, I'm here. There's a also, Rachel, Dave, Mel, any one of us would be glad to pray with you, spend time with you, and hopefully you could find your rest that God said he would bring you. Lord, right now, if there's anybody at all struggling, anybody looking for you, Lord, I pray in your name that you would just open their hearts to you, Lord, open their eyes, their ears, here to receive if you've never accepted Jesus before and you want him, you're like, Dave, I want that. I want that, that thing. I can sense something. Say this with me. Say, Lord, I can't carry this anymore. I know that you are the way and the truth and the life. I give you my heart. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and I accept your gift, Lord Jesus. Cleanse me, love me, and heal me. 
In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you all.
for joining us online and here. And just like Mr. Dave said, if you need prayer or someone to talk to about anything, you can grab anybody on the worship team or Mr. Dave. And I hope you have a great week. Well, we hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time.